Welcome to the Word Thoughts Podcast, where psychology, pop culture, and self meet. It's your girl, Penny Anassi, and the podcast is now available on Capital FM Kenya. Tune in weekly for your new favorite millennial mental health podcast. The Do Baby Booze, that was my new cute little intro for Capital FM Kenya. Definitely want to shout them out again. It's just like so crazy still to me. Everything is just like, word, this is my life. Okay. Um, but yeah, how are you guys doing? Um, happy belated Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was pretty interesting for me. I decided to stay in New York for Thanksgiving for a couple of reasons. One, I think I just need like a mental reset. I felt like ever since I came back, I kind of have been feeling like I've been like floating. Even when I was there, I feel like I was floating in a good way, but I just hadn't got like the grounding that I feel like I needed in a sense, kind of like felt the need it was like, you know, when you feel like you need to fast or you just have this internal something, but I couldn't really pinpoint it. And then I kind of hit like a little bit of a wall in a sense and like an emotional like breakthrough. And what I've learned is either I'm going to kind of come to come to those breakthroughs on my own in a peaceful way, or it's going to be forced on me in some kind of way. If something needs to change, if I'm doing things patterns, behaviors in ways that I know are not what the hell I want to be doing, it'll hit and it'll hit hard. And that's kind of what happened to me in a sense without saying too much. So yeah, like, you know, you have that vacation high or when you come back from, you know, traveling and I didn't realize like I was really gone for so long that my life was out there and I really got accustomed to like how I moved out there who I was out there, how I felt out there. And it was amazing. Of course, I feel like that all the time, but it was like a new thing, you know? Someone who travels a lot pointed out to me, like when you travel out or when you are gone for a long time, coming back, it's like you were in a whole nother world and you're being thrusted back into like this normal world. Like it's no, nowhere near as exciting. You're not as stimulated. So, you know, your mood can drop. Things can get confusing. I feel like there were a lot of things that I thought would um, change when I got back. But it honestly, like everyone around me was the same. Everything around me was the same. But I changed so much. You know what I mean? So adjusting to that was kind of just different for me because I've never experienced that before. I definitely know I'm going to be traveling out of the country so much more. I'm already planning the next thing. And that really is like fulfills me in a whole nother way I'm noticing. And yeah, I spent like the past couple of weeks just reflecting and really like being still. So I didn't go home for Thanksgiving. I really was just still with myself and my parents understood. Everyone understood. I was like, okay, you know what? I need to just be alone for a second. And then also I had a bunch of work and like personal things that I want to really have done and completed before the year is over like some goals I want to hit and stuff. So your girl stayed back and I'm honestly still like alone because my roommates are still out of town and I'm kind of liking it. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. But I like this. Like I haven't lived alone since my first year here. I lived alone, Um, but in New York or whatever. But I definitely appreciate my own energy and my own and I love y'all already know I love my roommates but it's just different and I think for those who live alone y'all know what I mean but I also realized how isolating it could be and that was like I woke like today 
after my interview, I was super pumped. After I interview or do anything podcast related, I'm like on this high. And I was like, oh, I want to go to dinner with my friends or do something. And normally I have people here just like link up with real quick and just go. Lauren's here. Shelly's here. We can just go down the street, have a drink, eat, whatever. But I was like, damn, like, let me go with my close friends and see uh, who wants to like go out to eat or whatever. That high lasted for like two seconds. And then I was like, oh, shit, I still have other things to do. But it, it can be very isolating being alone in a sense, but also it's very like free and liberating. So, you know, to each its own. But I am enjoying the time with myself to reflect, especially before the year ends. I'm really appreciating that. So happy Thanksgiving. Y'all know I'm thankful for all of y'all. I'm so thankful, especially the people that are like day ones and the people who talk to me about the podcast and like be like, oh, I like this or oh, I listen to this. Like, I really, really appreciate that. It helps me so much. and keeps me going, to be honest. Yes, want to make sure y'all know that I am so thankful for you guys. And I had posted, so this is one thing I want to talk about. Okay, so it, every year it comes around and it's like these little posts like Justin LaBoy or, you know, urban IG memes, whatever the hell. And they're like, talk. they kind of say something in the sense of, don't put me in your group text on Thanksgiving or save that Thanksgiving text or don't text me Thanksgiving or even like don't post your plate or just like some stuff like that. I'm just like, yo, post your plate, text your people happy Thanksgiving, text me happy Thanksgiving, love on me. And um, I, what the crazy part is, is I was wanting people to text me, but then I didn't really text nobody because I was like moving and grooving. But that doesn't matter. I feel like I love on people all the time. I'm just saying that I just want to be appreciated. Y'all know that meme. I'm going to insert it here. I just want to be appreciated. Sometimes it doesn't matter who you are. Sometimes it's just lonely. Sometimes nobody understands. It doesn't matter how strong you are. Have you feel that way? I just want to be appreciated. I want to be appreciated. I want to be appreciated. (laughs) And the crazy part is, is that we definitely laugh at that video all the time. It's hilarious. And people always are like, that's how Virgos are. Like, that's literally all that we want. Or whatever, but that's just people, period. And that is literally was me. Okay. Deadass. And that is me. I think that people think that because of all the attention I get, like from outside, you know, social media or just like because of like what I've done, do, ugh, whatever, it, that I feel that on the inside. But of course I feel good on the inside, but like it's different. Intimacy is different. Closeness is different than all of that outside stuff or whatever. So, yeah. And for some reason, it's just kind of like all that's going on in the world, how alone and isolated a lot of people actually feel. But I'm just like, sometimes people just want to know that they're thought about. And like, you never know what mental space someone's in or whatever the case may be. And that one thing could make them feel so, so good. And I'm so happy for the messages that I got. They made me feel um, like a million bucks, especially considering the mental space that I had been in. And it just made me feel really, really good. So thank you to 
my family, my friends, and everyone. And Thanksgiving was lit. I went to Philly. Um, Philly is gentrified and politically, I don't even know what's going on there. It's racist. I had a racist encounter. That's a story for another day. But I did enjoy my time in Philly. But yeah, my um, homeboy Lambert, he was like, girl, shut shut the hell up because of my little post about like the whole Thanksgiving text meme or whatever. And he was like that, I guess people are referring to, I guess, exes and, you know, old things like using the holidays as an excuse to like creep back up or be like, hey, what's up? What you doing or whatever. And I'm like, okay, if you truly are like, okay, I really want to hit this person up and it's not on no like just to see if I can get a response back or whatever. If you really are want to hit that person up and rekindle something, I don't see anything wrong with that either. But I guess if you're on some weird time, you're just you're looking for an excuse to hit somebody up just because you bored or whatever. Yeah, I totally get it. But how I read it was like, don't text me happy Thanksgiving. Like say that it's like generic, whatever. It's like, no, it's not whatever. So anyway, That's it for the updates. I've been rambling my ass off for sure. And today we have a very special guest. It's crazy that just in time, when I realized a strong pattern within myself that I've realized before, but thought I kicked it. I swore to God I kicked it. I swore I did. And then, whoop, psych, definitely did not. But we have Adele. She's going to be here. Not Adele, like not the Adele y'all think about. But we have Adele, she is a psychotherapist and award-winning thought leader, and she will be teaching us about how to like break those patterns and logically and practically and scientifically. And y'all know I'm all the way into it. I learned so much. Like I was barely talking on this episode. I was just listening and it's one of my favorites. So that's gonna come up later. But until then, we're gonna get into these pen palettes. Yeah. So for pen palletters, you already know the deal. You DM me or email me penny period and nasty at gmail.com or for your thoughts pod at gmail.com or of course DM me. And honestly, this week for pen palletter, it's me. I need the advice. And what's gonna happen is Adele is gonna answer my advice during the interview because I definitely have patterns that I literally have to break. One specific one, I'm just like, yo. Fuck out of here. Like it got it has to stop. So um yeah, we're gonna go on a change and Pampa letters are, are gonna be in the next one. Not officially, but the whole episode she's answering my entire existence. So yeah, let's go on to change. For change, I want to definitely acknowledge the passing of Virgil Abloh. That was just heartbreaking. It was so unexpected. It was just like, damn, another black man who was young and didn't get to live out, or he definitely lived out fully, but, you know, didn't get to grow old. It was just such a tragedy um, in a sense. Just like, what? Like, I just don't understand. Death and grief is something that I think is just like existential, one of them things that is just different. So I definitely just want to shout him out. And I don't even have the words, but what really put things into words for me was um, one of my old mentors and my old boss, Vashti. Shout out to her. She's also another innovative person who literally changed the game for influencing, for 
girls in sneakerwear. Like she is the godmother of all of that. And I'm always like, I don't mention it much, but I'm so grateful to have learned from her um, and just have spent so much time with her. So shout out to you, Vashi. I love you. If I haven't said enough, I truly do. I want to read what she said about, she was really close to Virgil. So I want to read what she said. She, she said, rest easy at Virgil Abloh. I'm fortunate to have known you for many years, even before you'd come to show the world what we all knew. You consistently stayed true to the kind, thoughtful, creative, visionary soul that you are. Honored to have worked alongside you. Happy that your legacy work disruption example, an example will live on forever. Continuing to inspire us misfits and weirdos who didn't believe we could not only sit at the table, but we could completely reinvent it. And those words were literally how I feel like we all feel about Virgil and even her more so who had a close relationship with her. Um, like black kids are, can be weird. Like we can innovate, we can do different things. Like it's just, he paved way. And what I kept seeing was how kind he was, how kind he was, how he never changed when it came to that aspect. And I really appreciate that as someone who is considered like a kind person. And sometimes it feels like the people who aren't that kind get way more ahead or being so kind, you kind of get stepped over in relationships and in work. You kind of like, it's just can feel weird as well too, but to know that he really stuck true to that and it really just be you, you know, just be you. And I'm never going to change my kind sweetheart. Like no matter what happens to me, no matter how I'm treated, I'm going to stay this way. And, um, that's one thing I learned. So yes, change of the week goes to Virgil rest in peace, um, pray for his family, pray for Kanye, like everybody who knows him personally, Jasper, everybody, Cuddy, um, yeah. So change of the week, Kid Cuddy. We're going to go on to our interview. Love you guys so much. Tell everyone that you love, that you love them. Leave nothing unsaid. So welcome to the For Your Thoughts podcast, where psychology, pop culture, and self meet. I'm joined here by Adele. Can you let me know how to pronounce your last name? Spargon? Spragon. Rhymes with dragon. Spragon. Adele Spragon. Um, I feel like every, I know you've gotten the Adele joke a million times before, like Adele, the singer. Yeah. <laughs> and, Hello. Yeah. And she's I, an album. So I'm like, everyone's gonna be like, oh, is this Adele Adele? But it's like, this is a better Adele though. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Adele is an award-winning author, thought leader, and international speaker and trainer. She was awarded the 2020 Woman of Inspiration Award and was recognized as a, as a top behavioral expert of the year in 2021. Um, so her book, Shift, is uh, four steps to personal empowerment and has won multiple awards. Her book helps people on how to set and achieve their goals after decades of feeling stuck in patterns and procrastination, avoidance and quitting. So I would love to know more about you first. Like, so I always ask people who they were, who they are now, and like, you know, what they're trying to do for their future and the future of humanity. So we can start there and then roll it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, Well, Penny, I've been in the personal development industry for, gosh, over 30 years now. So I started very much coaching the way that I was taught to Mm -hmm. achieve mindset, right, or achieve goals. And that was 
uh, set a goal and then determine the steps to get to that goal. If you're not taking those steps, there's something off with your mindset. Let's correct that. And then there's no reason why you shouldn't achieve your goals. Mm-hmm. And I believe this wholeheartedly. I was totally invested in that. The problem was, is it didn't work for me. In fact, Benny, I, I was quitting business after business. I quit three businesses. I walked away from them. I uh, I was having panic attacks. It didn't matter how much positive thinking and affirmations I did. It was not supporting me. Um, if I upset anybody, I had a terrible people-pleasing pattern. And if I upset anybody, I would be distraught for a week, you know? And so, you know, I, I, I finally, after I had done this to myself for 15 years, I finally, I thought to myself, surely it can't be solely my fault. There's got to mm-hmm. be something else that's going on. So I enrolled in university. I, my son was in kindergarten at the time, and I thought, all right, I'm going to go figure this out. And I enrolled in university to work on what's going on in the human mind. How do mm-hmm. we make decisions, right? I graduated with my master's and a whole lot of more information about the human equation. And I saw, yes, we are using the wrong operating instructions, I like to say. I created new ones. I created operating instructions that actually lead to our goals. And I started teaching it. I've been teaching it for 10 years. And it's based in the brain's patterning and how to change those underlying patterns that lead to action, behavior, belief. When I started down that path and I started teaching it, um, in little in-house surveys, we get an 87% success rate. The difference between that and what's happening on the market, which is typically around 20, 25% is night and day, you know, and it doesn't matter what the person's trying to achieve, whether it's weight loss or a business like I was, 87% succeed in achieving their goals, which is Mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yeah. Um, You mentioned weight loss, which is one habit that I see people always wanting to do. They start a diet, they quit. They said, like, it's it's always like um, every Monday, it's like, okay, I'm going to start on Monday. I'm going to start on Monday. I'll start on Monday. So maybe um, if you can apply that and then we can get into your four-step process and how that would work and just how it all makes sense. Yeah. So let's go through the new operating instructions and we'll do it for somebody who's trying to lose weight. We'll just look Mm -hmm. at it that way, right? Mm -hmm. So the new operating instructions are this. Set the goal. Determine where you want to get to. Okay. Don't make it too specific and measurable though. Right. So don't say like, I want to lose 20 pounds by Tuesday. Which is right. Exactly. Yeah. Diet, right. Or, or I'm going to work out every single day at 5 a.m. and do a hard hit. It's like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. So, so let's set the goal. Like I want to be healthy and I want to fit into my clothes better and things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Now the next question is not, how do I get to that goal? The next question is why am I not at that goal today? Mm-hmm. Now, that's a very different question. And what you'll find is that what starts to arise is a whole bunch of beliefs, a whole bunch of behaviors and a whole bunch of actions that are preventing you from getting to that goal. Great. That is, that is the, under each one of those actions, behaviors, beliefs, there runs a brain pattern, which is giving rise to that action, behavior, belief. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Awesome. I have a quick question. Yeah. So, um, so after you, so let's say, okay, I'm, um, I'm not working out or whatever. And I kind of put in there, maybe I'm going out too much. So in the morning I can't work out. So you write those little things down that are stopping you from doing that. And do you just start canceling those out like those one by one or 
Is that I'm what you're so going happy to that, I'm so happy, Penny, that you came up with that example because, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because what we need to do is we need to stop thinking about what's the solution and we have to start asking ourselves, what is the problem? So right. what you just said is a solution. I'm not, wake, I'm not waking up in time because I go out at night. Therefore, if I just stop going out at night, then I'll be able to work out. Mm-hmm. Early, wake, wake up and work out. Okay, right. fabulous. That's actually a solution to the problem. The real problem is I'm not working out. Now, that's different, right? Because you might work out in the morning. You might work out at five o'clock. You might go for a walk after dinner. Like there's no rules then for when you have to work out and what working out looks like. Okay. Mm-hmm. So identifying the problem is key. So and tricky, as, as you can see, right? right. So brain's always looking for solution. So, right. So if we set the goal, okay, I want to lose, you know, 20 pounds or just feel better, right? Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I'm not working out. Great. You're just going to write that down. So one of the actions is I don't work out. So the other thing might show up for you is, oh, well, you know what? You know, I, I'm menopausal, so I'm just going to take me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm almost 60, like, you know, menopausal women have struggles to lose weight. Good. That's another belief. You're going to write that down, right? Mm -hmm. And you'll see that you start to identify all these actions, behaviors, beliefs that start to show up. Okay. Now, how I'd like you to think of your brain is like an iceberg. At the top of the water is all your actions, all your behaviors, all your beliefs. Everything that a person does, feels, thinks is at the top of that iceberg. Under the water is where the brain patterns lie. So when we think about this brain of ours, the easiest way to think about it is like it's it's inside this house, this bony skull. Right. It has no access to the outside world. It's dark in here. It's silent in here. There's no touch. There's no taste. There's nothing in here mm-hmm. except these electrical impulses. Right. All right. So information is streaming in through our senses. We see a cookie. Right. And we right. think, oh, I want to eat that cookie, you know, but but we're not actually relating to that cookie. We're actually relating to a brain pattern that says we want to eat the cookie. That's different. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if we can start to see it like that, it's like, oh, OK, I'm working on the wrong thing. I'm biting my lip, trying not to eat the cookie. Like, you know, instead, why don't I just remove the pattern that wants the cookie? Right. Let's just take that out of the brain. No, I don't have a problem with that cookie. Put cookies in front of me. I don't <laughs> care. Like I used to be I used to drink red wine every single night. I thought mm-hmm. I was addicted. I mean, I, mm-hmm. if, if you had seen me, you would say, OK, Adele's addicted to red wine. Like mm-hmm. that's how people would relate to me. Right. Mm-hmm. So I did what I always do. I repatterned it. I took that pattern away. Today, you can put a bottle of wine in front of me. I, I'm not tempted. It's like mm-hmm. it's, I just have no relationship to wine because I don't have a brain pattern for wine. Mm-hmm. So how does one, so you recognize the beliefs and you recognize um, all of that, but how does one actually actively break that pattern? Great question. Yeah. So the four steps are as follows. First, we identify the pattern. So what we just did was we identified the top of the iceberg, the action behavior belief, but a pattern lies under the water. So I'm going to give a definition of a pattern. A pattern is an intertwined physical sensation, emotion, and thought. When the three aspects of our being come together, they give rise to an action, a behavior, belief. Mm -hmm. So to identify the pattern, we need to identify, okay, there's the cookie. What am I feeling? Where am I feeling that? And what is the thought? 
So the thought might be, wow, I really crave that cookie. The emotion might be desire. And the physical sensation might be a rumbling in the stomach, for example, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Great. That's a sign of a pattern. So that would be step one. Mm -hmm. The next step is, like I said, the brains inside this bony skull, we're actually not relating to the cookie. We're relating to this pattern. So we need to flip that switch and we just own it as a pattern. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's step two. We're gonna we're gonna own it as a pattern, not as a cookie. It's okay. not the cookie, it's a pattern. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the third step is to deconstruct, and that means to we're gonna tease apart the connection, the intertwining between that physical sensation, that emotion, that thought. Because mm-hmm. it's that intertwining that gives rise to the action. So we're mm-hmm. gonna put those three aspects of our being back separated into their respective place. Mm-hmm. And that's tricky to understand, but when you read the book, it makes sense. Right. And then the fourth step is we're gonna create a new pattern. And the brain actually has already done that for you. That mm-hmm. step's the easy step mm-hmm. because our brain is always rewiring itself. It wants to rewire itself. There is only one problem on this planet, and that's that nobody has taught us how to work the brain effectively. Right. So are you saying that once you recognize those three, it's kind of like almost inevitable that the pattern is like going to change? Exactly. So once you've done steps one through three, the brain automatically... Nature abhors a vacuum. Has everybody heard that saying? Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. it just won't live with nothing. So it will automatically just keep doing whatever it knows to do. That's the problem when we have an existing pattern. We just keep taking the same action over and over and over again. Right? Like, okay, latest finding in neuroscience is super exciting. And at the same mm-hmm. time can sound a little scary when you first hear it. Mm-hmm. If we hook somebody's brain up to a brain scanner, that brain scanner would be able to see every action that that person is going to take before the person knows they're going to take that action. Yeah. Action is originating in the unconscious regions of the brain. And then the conscious mind just catches up to what the brain is or the the action the person is already taking and going, I want to do that. I want to eat that cookie. No, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. You're you're already in motion towards that cookie before you even notice the cookie is there. Mm -hmm. So how do we how do we back up the truck? That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to back that train down the track when it's already rolling. Right. That's really hard. And that's why control doesn't not work. Mm -hmm. I mean. It just doesn't. Yeah. Most of the time, like um, when you make a bad decision, it's like after you've made it, you're kind of like, dang, and and you're really trying to figure out like, and especially if you've gone to therapy and you feel like you've actively done all of these things and you're healed and all this stuff, but then you're placed back in that situation and you do the same thing over again. You're like, God damn it. Like, you're like, oh my God. Like, I thought that I knew better, but when you're placed in that situation it's a whole another story that's what this is reminding me of this actually happened to me that's why I'm saying that like like last weekend actually it's like um of course I've been in therapy I was in Kenya for about three months so I haven't really you know seen people or whatever the case may be um go on a date and I feel like the same pattern that I've been working to break just happened again and and it's kind of crazy because I just knew that I was just like I'm healed I'm that girl and this is not happening again And it did. And I was beating myself up so much for it because I just thought that it couldn't. But it's because I wasn't even placed in that situation again to to test it. And I guess I didn't destruct all of those pieces and and I guess refresh myself of that, you know, 
um, before. So that yeah, makes you sense. got yeah. it. You, you, <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely how patterns work. Yeah. So so, but here's the thing: patterns are only trying to keep us safe, right? Mm. So we're not born with patterns. We're not like other animals. Other animals are born with instincts. They know exactly what to do. They enter this world, and they need very little guidance in order to do it. Okay. Right. Human mm-hmm. beings are born yeah. a blank slate. You got to learn everything. So from the moment that you're born, your brain is very quickly trying to piece together patterns in order to know what action to take. So when you were little and you're going through this world, every every situation that you face, your brain takes the action that you just took and stores it for future use. And it goes, Mm -hmm. okay, that's great. Now, when I encounter a similar situation, your brain thinks, it goes, I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I can just use that action. That's exactly right. what's happening. Okay. So you're in on this date and it's using a pattern from the past that's not actually aligned with the current situation. And then we beat ourselves up from taking that action, but mm-hmm. that action has already been taken by the unconscious regions of the brain. Right. So there's no blame or shame in mm-hmm. repatterning. Um, you know, I like to say there's nothing to fix absolutely nothing to fix. Mm-hmm. All we have to do is reflect back and go, oh, that didn't work. Wow. I thought I'd repattern that. And here it is again. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Now you've got the four-step tool in your pocket. You're going to apply that to that mm-hmm. action, whatever you just did. And once you've removed the pattern, that action will never arise again. Mm-hmm. I never have to fight red wine. I just right. don't have a pattern for it. Right. That's mm-hmm. the difference. So, um, I guess I think I know the answer to this, Um, like avoiding environments or avoiding um, people that bring about certain negative patterns. Is that a smart thing to do or is it a better thing to face them head on, you know, until you fix the pattern? When it comes to healing and when it comes to just being better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that question. If you don't have a way to repattern, then avoiding is your best option. Right. Okay. That's number one. So if, if you don't know anything about the brain and how it works and you've got no way to remove that action because the brain is taking that action, then yes, avoiding absolutely. Right. Make sure the conditions around you are aligned with your current patterns. If on the other hand, you know how to repattern, then every situation that you face that doesn't work it's like yahoo because now I can see the pattern and I got a tool in my pocket to deal with it and yahoo bring it on right yeah so we stop avoiding we start actually dancing through life because it's like sure yeah I I can take you're just getting better and like breaking down the iceberg like literally yeah yeah I love that Yeah, yeah yeah let's just chip away at it until we have all these optimal patterns that we're running on. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I like to say happiness is your birthright. Like everybody has the right for fundamentally to feel joy. And that's what the brain is actually trying to achieve all the time. It's, it's, it's in a state of joy when Mm -hmm. it's optimally aligned with what's going on. Mm -hmm. Do you think that like, okay, whether it's a family member or friend, um, someone, or even if you're married or in a close relationship and you are aware of your patterns that might be negatively impacting the relationship, is that something you bring about or talk about, especially if that person maybe isn't into all this or like if, or is that something that you just like own to yourself and like 
take the L and keep it, keep it pushing, you know? Yeah. Another great question. And if you were to explain that to somebody, how would you even go about, go about that? You know, especially if you care about this person. Right. That's a great question. So um, I work with individuals and I work with couples. I have a program where they just go from, I'm, I'm going to, I hate you. I want to divorce you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you're the love of my life. And it literally happens within eight weeks. Wow, wow, wow. So how does that happen? If you have two people who are working on their own pattern, it's 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 goes much faster. Okay. Mm. But let's say that there's only one person and they're working on their patterns and the other person is just doing their thing. So let's think about this. Remember I said that this brain of ours is locked inside this bony skull. It has no access to the outside world. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, Penny, are you seeing me? Mm-hmm. You think it seems like we are actually seeing each other and relating to each other, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. from the moment I came on this call, your brain had to very quickly piece together a pattern in order to know what to say and how to act, right? Right. And it's that pattern that you keep relating to. And I keep relating to my pattern for you. So my brain very quickly formed a pattern for Penny. Right. Taking everything that I knew from my past and everything that I, that no right, right now, now mm-hmm. no right now, in order to congeal into a pattern that I can now take action with. Okay. Perfect. Right. So between every person and another person, there lives that person's pattern. Mm-hmm. If we know that, right then it's really easy to interact on a very different level. It's like, oh, okay, wow. I'm seeing that you said X, Y, Z. My pattern is reacting in this way, right? I'm getting angry because, boy, am I triggered right now. If you know that's a pattern that's triggered, you get to deconstruct that. Now, what is going to happen then? Now you've removed that pattern for this other person. I deconstruct my pattern for Penny and I just don't have a pattern anymore. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen is I very quickly have to create a new pattern. Right. And you show up brand new to me. Mm-hmm. You do things that surprise me. Right. Wow. I didn't know that Penny was like yeah. that. Like, yeah. wow, I wasn't expecting that. Right? Yeah. And I, it seems to me like you've changed. No, I've, my pattern for you has changed. Right. That's why you show up differently. Right. And that's kind of like, you know, when people give advice, they're kind of like switch it up or just do something different. Or in that case, this is like a better way of saying it. Um, and a practical way that is actual science, you know, it's kind of like, just like do better, switch it up. And yeah, like that's, that makes sense. That makes a yeah. lot of sense actually. And that's yeah, because that'll help rewire their pattern as well. Cause you guys won't have that same thing that y'all are safe and comfortable in anymore. You got it. You got it. Right. So you change your pattern for the other person, right? You're also changing your reaction to that pattern at the same time. So say, say that you did something and I got triggered every time you did it. And every time you did it, I would say the same sentence, right? And you and I are back and forth in the same action happening over and over again. Okay. I change my pattern. You show up brand new. I go, 
oh my gosh, I never heard Penny say that before, right? Now I'm reacting differently to you and that forces you to have to change your pattern and react back differently. Wow, that's so simple. It's kind of crazy how simple it really is. (laughs) It's like, dang, why didn't we think of this before? (laughs) It's so easy. I know this is the thing. Like when I got it, I went, oh, this is brilliant. Like we don't have to work on anything. There's nothing to fix. We don't have to communicate better, right? I only have to know what's not working for me. I only have to say that it doesn't work for me. I don't have to worry really about whether it works for you, but let me, let me just explain what I just said. Okay. (laughs) If it doesn't work for anybody, if there's a conflict in the situation, then it's not actually working for me. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I get to look from a very self position, a very selfish position, you could almost say, and say, wow, I'm really unhappy inside the conflict. I get to own that as my pattern. I get Mm -hmm. to remove that pattern. You get to be happy along for the ride. Mm, Right. (laughs) Exactly. There's so much joy in that. It's like, oh, joy. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> There's this thing, it's called like kind of like being the main character in your life. And it just makes life 10 times better um, for yourself and others when you show up that way. So that yeah. makes so much sense. What would you say is like um, a main negative pattern that you see that you've seen amongst um, maybe family dynamics and like mar- married dynamics, like a top one that is just really common that you see that you're just like, let's, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's one very, very common pattern was identified by Stephen Cartman in the 1960s, and that is the Cartman Triangle, it's called. It's the Triangle of Rescuer, Persecutor, Victim. Have you heard this triangle? Mm, I haven't yet. Mm -hmm. So if you, in in many families, in fact, forget families, it it occurs between countries, it occurs between countries. Um, government bodies, it occurs in politics. You'll see this triangle everywhere once I identify it for you. Mm-hmm. If you put a triangle upside down, so that the point is at the bottom, mm-hmm. left-hand corner, put the word rescuer, right-hand corner, put the word persecutor, bottom corner, put the word victim. Okay. Mm-hmm. In any conflict, you're going to see these three roles arising. Okay, Mm -hmm, and people mm -hmm. move around these roles. Cartman called it rapid switching. And the faster you can move around those three roles, the more confusion you create and the more conflict gets created. Mm -hmm. The rescuer is the person who moves in and wants to protect the victim. So, you know, mothers will often do this with children. So the father is having an argument with the child saying, you need to do your homework. The mother will rush in and say, oh, it's okay, honey. I told them that they could just watch TV for an hour. Okay, great. The roles are the father is acting like the persecutor, right? Mm -hmm. The child is the victim, the one who needs to be rescued. The mother comes in and rescues. But you'll keep moving around this, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. now... The father thinking, oh, gosh, now I look like the bad guy. He moves into the victim, right? And he'll say something like, why are you always protecting the kids, right? Okay, great. So, and the mother will then move into the victim victim, right? Right. And a lot of the times the kid will go to the rescuer for the mom. For sure. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. It's okay, Mama. We'll do our homework. It's okay, you know. Yeah. Trying to rescue the mother, and and this Very triangle just it creates so much conflict. Mm-hmm. So as pattern makers, we use that car- that triangle, but only to identify it. 
right? The beautiful thing about repatterning, as I said before, is we don't have to fix anything. Once you know, oh, wow, I really see these dynamics playing out in the family and I see that they don't work. Now you can remove each of those patterns and mm-hmm. you will naturally step into a different triangle. Mm-hmm. And that's such a, the, what I call the pattern maker triangle of wisdom, compassion, and trust. Mm-hmm. And those three roles, instead of pulling people apart, they actually pull people together. Mm-hmm. It's like the wisdom to be able to say, hey, I see a pattern arising. I'm going to own that. The compassion to see that it's just a pattern. And that, you know, everybody has patterns and it's not personal. Mm -hmm. And then the trust that once that pattern gets removed, a new pattern will take its place, which will take care of everybody. Okay, that was part one of my interview with Adele. I know this is really scientific and technical and all about the brain and might be a bit new and kind of hard to grasp for some of you guys. So I really do want you guys, if you have any questions, definitely DM me and ask me. Um, And also check out the book and check out her website. She has a bunch of different programs. And I really took so much from this interview and I've already applied it. And it works. It really does work. And we're not just trying to sell her book. I promise you guys. The brain is all science. It truly is. Um, And of course, we don't want to take away from spirituality and God when it comes to the way things play out. But certain patterns we need to break to reach our goals and to just be better people and to get what we want out of life. So, yeah, um, I'm going to do peace of mind for the week and tune in next week for part two. We get more into it. And I hope you guys enjoyed. So um, for peace of mind, I want to say I've been time blocking and I create a whole spreadsheet, y'all, a whole spreadsheet color-coded and all of it and I have been following it it's actually pretty late now right but um everything that I need to get done is done and then some and I just feel super super duper like productive but not like stressed you know like it's like a calm thing and everything I kind of mapped out all that needs to get done and even left space for like creativity and freeness in that um throughout the day and it's been going good Although it's only Tuesday, it's only Tuesday, but it's going good. Just having a plan, especially now that we're working from home, having a plan and having, you know, that little bit of structure is helping me and my ADHD brain. It really is. So um, I kind of want to get more organized in a lot of different situations. I Marie Kondoed my dresser. So I started there and I'm just going to start doing that everywhere just because I know how my brain works. And I know that organization will be so much better for me, like the extreme kind will just help me because I move fast. I think fast. I'm very impulsive. Um, and I need to just if I bring that organization structure in, I feel like it'll just make me feel better, more peaceful. Just, you know, blow that shit up. You know, that's it. Make that shit. I'm just kidding. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's late and I've been up for so long, but I love y'all so much. Tune in next week for another episode of the podcast. Uh, It's the 40 Thoughts podcast where psychology, pop culture and self meet. Bye. (laughs)